It's almost that time of year. That's right, the college football season. Me, growing up, personally, I was a huge Cal Bears fan and also a Stanford Cardinal fan. Yeah, that's what happens when you grow up in the Bay. To celebrate the start of the football season, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick and I am joined by my good friend Aram in Toronto. What up, Aram? Hello. (laughs) How are you? I'm, I'm good. I don't know how to say hi on these things every episode i'm on it i don't know what to say so hello yeah well it sounds there's there's no one way to say hi there's no right way so i feel like you have this distinct hello you know right. subtle subtle right. subtle right. first i just want to make a quick announcement uh the oakland warriors podcast has officially joined the basketball podcast network tbpn uh which is a uh, a basketball podcast network. <laughs> the name of it is what it is. So there's some cool shows on there. I'm looking forward to being a part of it. Excited to talk to some of the other hosts. And I don't know, like, I wonder if like, uh, I could get in some really heated discussions about like, you know, team versus team, like talk to the, the T wolves, uh, podcast and get into it about who won the, the Wiggins slash Kaminga Delo trade or get into it with a Cavs fan and, you know, talk about, uh, did, <laughs> did LeBron, uh, really deserve that 2016 title? So I, I I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad to be on board and I'm, uh, I think it's going to be, going to be kind of fun. First thing I want to talk about though is farewell to our dear friend, our beloved Alan Smilagic, he was released, waived, cut. I don't know what the exact term is, but he is no longer a part of the Golden State Warriors organization. He is back in his native Serbia uh, playing basketball. He signed up with the Serbian basketball team, and I All think right. <laughs> there's a good chance he might be MVP. I don't know. Yeah, he landed on his feet. He's How old is he? Like 20? Yeah, yeah, like 19, 20 years old. And, uh, you know, he has a bright future ahead of him as a professional basketball player on the planet Earth somewhere. I quickly wanted to talk about favorite memories of of Smiley. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> what are your fa- what's your favorite memory of Alan Smiley? Each? Um, well, I'd have to say, I, I, I would say... There's two, and one is on the court, and one is off the court. Um, and 
And so his probably his greatest highlight is is from Shaq and the Fool, the one where <laughs> the attempted uh, free throw line dunk, where he was, he he wasn't gonna make it. Uh, there was some hope at the beginning of that uh, of that foray that he would make it, and uh, he ended up kind of throwing it off the backboard. But that's uh that's an all time Shaq and the Fool classic. Um, mm-hmm. So I think in terms of on the court performance. That's probably one of the most memorable things. The other memorable thing was, I believe his first year was when it was in 2019, when the Warriors had DeMarcus Cousins, they had KD. Uh, so what a, what a way to enter, to start your NBA careers with those guys. And uh, apparently uh, DeMarcus Cousins was working him over and, and, and told Smiley, you're still a virgin. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that story. I'm paraphrasing. I, I think there was I think there was some other uh goings on, but uh, that was the that was the essence of it. I, I didn't know that story. That's that's funny. I must not have been paying paying attention. My favorite smiley memory is the same as the first one you had. I mean, yeah, that was like one of the I, I love replaying that dunk, that missed dunk <laughs> attempt. I mean, he never got anywhere close, and the reaction by everyone around was like perfect. Like this is something you never get to see <laughs> in an NBA <laughs> game. Just pure, pure comedy like that. And I was like, I like this dude. You know, I like him. And I, I, I didn't really know much about him. I just knew that he, you know, they drafted him. They took a flyer on him, and I didn't know he was like kind of a. Uh, a project for Lakeup's kids or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, you know, everyone was like, oh man, he can, he can play when he's in the G league. He was like hitting threes and he had a skill set. but then it's like too bad in the much maligned 2019, 2020 season, he was forced to come up to the NBA, <laughs> to the big league team. And he just was like bad, you know, yeah, bad. Yeah. And, um, you know, summertime, he didn't get many reps like a lot of guys did. And that, and then this past season, it was like, no go, no go. But, um, it's, it's interesting to know, you know, to think about his, uh, legacy as a, as a Lake of boys failure. And I, I feel like that was a big lesson in like, don't telegraph (laughs) stop yes stop telling everybody that like you're the smartest person in the room and you're gonna draft this person because it's like we got fleeced out of two second rounders you know um on the Mm -hmm. other hand you know i don't think we've had the uh the fan favorite whipping boy uh on this team like uh, he in the last hmm decade I, i would say he he might be the kind of uh the jack haley uh victory cigar or like or the darko milicic uh uh whipping boy like we haven't we didn't we didn't have one of those and 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 smiley was ours so and yeah. and that dunk attempt i think it, it kind of encapsulated it all that the kind of uh uh brazen belief in his abilities and uh, as an extension of the lake of belief in his abilities uh was quite <laughs> And and that attempt was quite uh, relatable. Like, who of us have not tried that at a lower, like, you know, you go to the schools 
that have a lower rim and you're like i'm right. gonna put this down <laughs> and it's like and it looks and we look like that so I, I think there was there was some real relatable things about him but also some some real legacy things that i think have played out in terms of personnel we talk about whipping boy man it's like they didn't have one because they were so good, right? And then there was all this uh, angst. Maybe I'm more like empathetic and I was like, oh man, maybe maybe he just needs a chance. He just needs a chance. But uh, that, that's, that's yeah, your no old Warriors fandom talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, I will just say one final farewell, Alan Smilegeach. It was nice knowing you. All right. <laughs> okay, on to the fun stuff. So it's been a crazy-ass week. Uh, like after the draft, you said you were tired, and I was tired too, even though we didn't really do much work. <laughs> it's just watching clips and, and reading really hard stuff. And, you know, like all of a sudden it's free agency. Like the off season, the NBA is like year-round sports you know what i mean now it is like with mm -hmm. free agency the draft uh summer league and everything and we got like all that stuff just recently so let's dig into free agency a little bit i mean i had i don't know like the warriors ended up with a few dudes how do you feel about it uh i mean it's crazy i, I can't believe it's only it was a it's only been in the last week that free agency happened it uh, this is a lot of Twitter scrolling, but um, I feel, I mean, if I was to rate the free agency, uh, like give it a grade, I'd give it a B, B, B plus maybe, um, you know, we'll revisit that in the second semester. You know, they got Otto Porter Jr. They got Bielitsa and they got Andre Godala, all at veteran minimums. Um, it was pretty clear that they struck out on some people like Patty Mills and Batum seem to be the ones that we heard most about who knows mm -hmm. who else they were in on. Um, but they haven't used the mid-level ex exception. And I guess there's nobody out there that they feel is worth that. So, um, but these players all can fill a role on this roster. They do things that they set out to do. So they wanted a shooting big. They got that Bielitsa and, He's a good shooter and uh, and can actually bang a little bit and pass a little bit. So um, so he's not just a one dimensional uh, shooter. And then they wanted some some wing veterans and Porter. I mean that that's the one that's going to go either way in terms of his health. He he did look overweight in Chicago. He looked a little unmotivated. So, but we've seen him, uh, you know, at his top end be able to do some really good things. And he's a 40% plus shooter, especially above the break. So not just a corner shooter. So mm -hmm. above the break, that's really important too. Um, so if he's healthy and motivated, a la Batum, uh, maybe he's, he's our Batum for this year. And then, and then in terms of like veteran wing depth or just veteran presence, I mean, you can't get much better than Andre. And I, and I think that was, that was one that, um, I don't think it seemed like it was going to come together and then, and then it kind of did. And, and it's, it, as we have uh smiley leaving, it's nice to bring back Andre, uh, and, and bring him back. And it was, I thought it was like a good, 
it was almost like a trade. You know, they had sent out Pascal for basically nothing, but cleared out his salary slot so they could mm-hmm. bring Andre Andre in. And if you were to think about that, uh, putting Andre into Pascal's slot, like, yeah, I think I think that's a good trade. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what do you think about these three guys? Oh, I'm totally happy. Like, for one, yeah, it's a bummer we didn't get, like, Patty Mills. I kind of feel like he was the guy that everybody wanted, right? The yeah. Lakers, the Nets, uh, the Warriors. And, yeah, like you said, they got dudes who fill their needs. They got, like – I mean, here's the thing. I looked at this roster, and I talked about this – on several episodes last season after games where you look at the Warriors bench and it was a bunch of G leaguers. Yeah. And again, it's not like the G league is like how it used to be in terms of like the D league where it was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is like garbage basketball. It's more of a minor league thing. Right. And, um, and we'll talk about that at some point, but you would look at them like, man, I miss the days when you would look at their bench and they had a bunch of like legit NBA players. Mm-hmm. And now you look at them and they do, you know, Smiley's gone. Um, Pascal, I mean, he never played in the G League, but he <laughs> he could have. <laughs> um, and they just have like, you know, people in the rotation that if they need to play uh, Otto Porter Jr., or Bielitsa, 10, 15, 20 minutes a game, they probably could. You know, I just hope that they're not both injured at the same time. Yeah. And it seems like Bielitsa said in a press conference that he wasn't really injured last year, that they just DNP'd him or something. So I'm like, hey, that's cool. If you're not injured, awesome. You know? Yeah. There were some like bad vibes, I think, with the, you know, coaching staff in, in Sacramento before he got traded to Miami. Oh, okay. So that was in Sac. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that like um like Sam Amick was talking about it, who's you know closely well, he's based in Sacramento and then talking about like how you know Vladi was gone and there was like a real connection there and then it wasn't connecting now, you know, and they wanted to go a different direction with Bagley, so he kind of was on the outs and so you know, hey, I mean that happens in people's workplaces, uh, whether you're in sports or not, like your kind of motivation is affected and and so maybe it played out on the court a little bit uh, yeah and hopefully we can benefit from from a bounce back yeah i mean just having dudes like those two dudes porter and bielitsa like having them as veteran options you can bring off the bench you know like not rookies not g-leaguers not like first second year guys and i think that's huge and andre it's funny because like we all wanted him to come back. And the great thing about him is like, you have no idea. (laughs) He like Mm -hmm. keeps you guessing. I was like, Oh, he doesn't have anywhere near the value at this point in his career to other teams as he does to the warriors. Right. So like, like what he does on the court for like the Lakers is going to be super minimal. And what he would do for the warriors on the court would be minimal, but like he could do more because he knows the system, he knows the players, all this other stuff. So I was like, I can't imagine imagine him getting paid more to go somewhere else unless he just you know was offered like the minimum and he decided to go to the Lakers as an FU if there was any kind of bad blood from getting traded to Memphis before. So 
I wasn't sure. You know what I mean? You're never really sure what he's thinking. And then when he uh, props to the New York Times for breaking that story. I was like, when does the New York <laughs> Times ever break anything? And maybe it's only important to us as Warriors fans. But his rationale was like the obvious rationale, right? Like the connection to the fans, the players. Yeah. And I love the fact that he sees part of his role, part of his legacy as being that vet for guys because we have the perfect rookies for him. You know, yeah. <laughs> like really, I feel like Moses really, Moody, really Moses Moody, from what I've heard and what I've read, I don't know if you read that Marcus Thompson uh, article in the athletic yeah, yeah, talking about him article. and his dad. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is exactly even more so a great fit just to have someone like Andre be the, the adult in the room. And then Kaminga again, just another wing who can learn from Andre. Uh, I, I think that's awesome. And even Wiseman, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Someone to kind of like, you know, bust his ass like in practice and just like, you know, tell him some, some hard truths. And I think that'll be hugely valuable. So, I mean, I, I like it. I like it. I, I, I look at the roster and it's not perfect, but it's fun. It's exciting. You don't know what you're going to get, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, they added a couple of guys that you know where you're going to get. I mean, you know, JTA pool, they were G leaguers, but they got turned into NBA guys. And so, you know, there's a good rotation of, of, you know, nine players deep that you feel like pretty good about, you know, with mm-hmm. Andre, you know, those, those off the court things are, you know, I think as fans, it's hard to know. And, and unless you hear the stories from journalists and from other players, and it's always nice to hear those insights about uh, the mentorship aspect, because we don't, we don't see that. We only see what's on the floor. Um, I mean, it does make me wonder how much does he have left? Because I think he said that if he wasn't coming back here or, or that he was con- contemplating retirement. And, uh, and so how much is he coming back and expecting to play? And how much, what are they expecting out of him on the floor? Because certainly like uh, his mind is, still able to play and will the body be agreeable you know how much will he be able to be on the floor too uh, his his shooting percentages were way down but on that Miami team like everybody on that roster that short turnaround had some difficulties so um i mean i'm hoping for a good productive year not expecting big numbers but but doing andre things and mm-hmm. uh, and being productive and and supporting the, the kind of like being that, uh, uh, you know, helping lube the offense and the defense together and, yeah. and totally uh, being that vet because we didn't have that in the last year. You know, somebody like JTA or Damian Lee, they're older than these young guys, but they don't have the credibility nah. uh, to pull somebody aside and say, you know, hey, you know, it should be done like this. And just like you said, the Moody and Kaminga, those are those are great guys to be mentoring. Um, Moody definitely seems like the cerebral uh, side of Andre and Kaminga. If you think about Andre's early career and how physical and like, um, and if he can help both of those guys with those aspects and like be like, hey, this is uh, these are things that I know uh, both from a physical standpoint, the mental side. I, I think that's really exciting. So. Um, and it and it and it fits on the roster. They they've got, by my count, they have six wings. Uh, but that's okay. That's kind of uh, they have Wiggins, 
uh, Porter, JTA, Andre, Kaminga, and Moody. That that's what I have as uh, as wings. Um, mm-hmm. but, but that's all right. That's the NBA right now, right? So. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, in small ball lineups, you know, you could play a couple of those guys at a time. I mean, hell, sure. like he's hopefully going to help Wiggins too. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited by the uh, prospects. And it's funny, like somebody I saw on Twitter mentioned that somebody mentioned that the last time Clay played, Andre was on the court, <laughs> and now <laughs> the next time Clay's back, Andre's going to be back already. You know. Uh-huh. Uh, which is like as a as a Warriors fan, it's very like ah, oh, yeah, that's uh, everything. Everything's right in the universe, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited. I'm excited. I think it's going to be uh, a lot of fun. And I think people were knocking the Warriors for a while the past few weeks after the draft and everything. And this roster is coming together. I mean, like, well, that's what I was going to ask you about. Like, I I just. You know, there, there's a certain segment of Warriors fans who's very reactionary and uh, likes to get upset. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I just feel like, well, who are they expecting us to get outside of some, you know, Grand Slam crazy trade, which wasn't even on the table? Um, yeah. And there wasn't anybody in free agency, really. Like, okay, sure, Patty Mills and Batum would have been nice, but but I don't know what people are expecting. And I, I, I think one of the interesting things is uh, when Steph signed his extension and he talked to Marcus Thompson, he talked about, uh, you know, are you on board with the moves that have been made in terms of like the direction of the team? And he started talking also about like, well, you know, I, I like the draft picks. Um, I know everybody's here for winning. And then he also mentioned there's other things like, the midseason trade deadline and uh, the buyout market, right? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like people want it to be this complete thing already, and right. uh, and sure, we would like some certainty to going into it, but in but the season doesn't start for another you know few months, and uh, and it's all about getting the team ready by the playoffs. Like it's not about getting them ready for November first or whenever they're starting the season. We want to be ready in 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 May or, or whenever the playoffs start. You make a good point about Patty Mills, Batum. They couldn't have offered them more, yeah. <laughs> and they those guys chose somewhere else, and then they picked up some other dudes and they filled in the gaps. And the whole point of fandom is there's a lot of irrational uh folks out there and i know i've you know we've all had our bits but like a team is kind of a process you know you see what you have and then you make adjustments when you have to and when you need to i'm not of the mindset of where like okay i want to go back to the dynasty years where we stack it up with four all-stars and we're like just world beaters and just forget everything else you know i mean you know my mindset it's like oh wow like we have this balanced roster we have like this this crew of like young dudes who could be like these homegrown people that uh, in two years, they're going to be really good. And Steph's timeline is still going to be there. <laughs> He'll still be here. These guys mm-hmm. will still be here and they will be helping Steph compete in the playoffs way more than they will 
this coming season. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I, it's just a different mentality. Maybe it's a, uh, a vibe of like people who will be like, oh yeah, I'm going to put all my money in GameStop. You know, <laughs> or versus the people be like, oh, you know, maybe I'll buy like a few shares here and then, but yeah. then I'll put it over here into this account and buy some other stuff that's more stable. You know, like it's, it's, it comes down to like these personalities and folks that are like really, really pissed off, they're spending money. <laughs> they still have the highest payroll. And if there's no one to, if they don't think there's anyone to spend that taxpayer mid level exception, then I get it. You know, I get it. I mean, I'm like, hey, sign Marquise Chris. Is he worth it? Because all of a sudden you have to pay like tens of millions of dollars for Marquise Chris into the tax and all this stuff. Whatever. I'm not crying for uh, Joe Lacob and his and his finances, but like I get certain decisions. You know what I mean? But there's just people like, oh, you got to put it online. You're cheap. And blah, blah. Are you yeah. kidding me? You know? Yeah. And like the the winning aspect, it's like, they spent out the nose for Ubre, thinking that like, okay, we're going to try it. Like we lost clay. Let's, let's sign Ubre. Let's spend this money and see what it'll do for us. It didn't do anything. And they were like, okay, there's nothing out there. You know, the funny thing is, is like, uh, we, we got Ubre in Andrea Cantala's, uh, <laughs> salary slot, but then we lose the salary slot when we lose Ubre to Charlotte for nothing. But then we get Andre back. <laughs> Uh, yeah. on the minimum so like yeah you know i'm uh, i'm okay with that you know what i mean and then losing pascal it's like uh in in another scenario we would have had to give up like a second round pick for someone to take pascal mm-hmm. you know like we've seen him play decently well but people think like all you know i mean he, he had a terrible season last season you know like who's gonna give us something for that so like if it's a, a a late second rounder, hey, you know, fine, you know, like that's I'm, I'm okay, you know, yeah. uh, personally, to get off his contract. I mean, I think you know the the uproar, which was not an uproar, but the the kind of hurt feelings was that it, it, you know you see people going to other teams and and it feels like uh, nobody feels like we're like the Warriors are contenders and. Well, they haven't been the last two years, and uh, it's and it's kind of like Lacob says, "Hey, uh, it's it's on them and not uh, not anybody else to show that they are contenders." And um, they didn't make the playoffs, although if it was pre-play in, they would have. Um, but they they have to show it, and they have a lot to prove, so they have to go out and do that this year. And but you have a good you have a good first half of the season. Uh, maybe there, there is an opportunity at the trade deadline or buyout market that you will be able to get somebody and have that kind of ro- uh, fluid roster. And um, it's just not a finished product. So, so we'll just, we just got to chill about it. I think. Yeah. I think there's fans who just want a sure thing. That doesn't happen. That doesn't <laughs> happen. Right, that that's is so such an anomaly that that they went to five straight finals and were mm-hmm. expected to be in four of those fives. Maybe not the first one, but the rest they were expected to be there. They were expected to win it, and like that that's not likely to happen in our lives again. Yeah, yeah. So maybe some of these people are 
people who just became fans <laughs> since 2015 or 2014 or something, who knows? And they're like, this is, and they expect that this is how, uh, the warriors usually are or something, yeah. you know? And, and uh, people are snarky and make side comments about Kerr saying, this is the real NBA. It's like, no, it is like, it is. Yeah. He said that because he's been in the NBA for 35 years or whatever. Uh, this is the real NBA, and that's also why we like the NBA, because we like the draft. We like free agency. We like trying to climb up that mountain, you know, like mm-hmm. this is the real NBA, and that's why it's fun. Okay, let me get your thoughts after one summer league game. Yeah, on Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody. Well, I'll say that I'm looking forward to seeing the Vegas games, which is coming up this week. And, uh, and you know, we just talked about, like, why do you love the NBA? And, like, this is the real NBA. Like, you're in deep if you're watching summer league games. But it's fun to watch these games. I, I really enjoyed seeing them play. It was super exciting. It It definitely, and I think you mentioned this before, brings you back to that time of uh, when you would have some kind of warriors prospect and you know it's the hope springs eternal um except except these dudes were pretty good yeah Um, they're legit good yeah i I mean first first impressions kaminga's big and for uh you know 18 19 year old he's a big dude uh and maybe he grows you could see like he has a comparable build uh, to Paul George, you know, you could see, some people said like, "Oh, he's in Paul George mode," and their games are not similar per se, but um, but size wise, he's big, and you saw that when they they played him at some small ball five. I liked how physical he was. Um, mm-hmm. He made some, you know, uh, not great plays, but he was engaged uh, a lot of the game, and they put him up against some big dudes. He, he guarded that um, Yurt Seven uh, on the Miami uh, roster, and that and that mm-hmm. was good. It, it, he he got smacked in the mouth a few times, and he smacked him back, right? And uh, so that was really fun to see the compete level, and of course the like the physicality, the the crossover drive, all of that was super exciting. <laughs> uh, you could just see it, it's it's oozing out of him. Super raw needs to be refined. Oh man, I had so much fun watching that game. The first thing that I noticed was he has decent leadership skills. It seemed like he was talking to his teammates, bringing them together in huddles and stuff. And I was like, okay, this is, this is good. This ain't, you know, just some random Jacob Evans pick or second rounder or late first rounder or something like that. This is a guy who uh, he's confident. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, I think people said he was a little bit cocky before. And if you look back at that video of him swatting Jordan Poole in the first G League night game, you know, you could, you could tell there's something there. And I loved that they played him at small ball five so much, like against those dudes who were trying to bully him. And he yep. fought back like yep. he's not afraid. And that's what I love to see from any rookie, especially obviously as number seven pick. And his his tools are definitely there. And I think with the development coaches that they have, with 
what they learned from Wiseman in terms of rushing him a little bit last year. I mean, it was a different situation, obviously. Uh, I think, like, I'm super excited to see how he develops, especially since they picked up, like, somebody like Otto Porter um, mm-hmm. to to play in front of him. Not that Kaminga, not that we expected him to play much, but, like, he's even further down the depth chart, you know? Like, in blowouts, great. If he's with a big league team, he's going to uh, show out a lot of stuff. And yeah, I mean, like that kid is 18 years old for reference. I said this in my solo podcast episode last week, like he is a year and a half younger than James Wiseman. Yeah. I mean, that's how young the dude is. And when you talk about like his, his build, like he's, he's not skinny, skinny, right? Like that dude's shoulders his deltoids are like huge, you know, mm-hmm. and he knows how to use his physicality and he's just going to learn how to use it more and more. So I'm, I'm super excited to see how that kid comes along. He can, he's going to posterize so many people and, you know, you, you could see he enjoyed the battles with those big men. He was giving elbows. You know what I mean? He was fighting back. He was pushing back like when the whistle blew and you could see him pushing and all this stuff. And um, it's, yeah, it's exciting to have a dude like that on the, on the team, you know? And, and, but you do see also like how he is really, really good straight line side to side, not as much yet, you know, like that fast break crossover. It was like, I mean, his his dribble is kind of high and kind of out there. So in the in the big leagues, he might get picked a lot. But like, he literally just went one move, ran right at the basket. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm curious to see if he can develop more of like you know, uh, you know, catch the ball, uh, whatever triple threat, and then if he can actually put a move on somebody. I, I think he showed. I, I mean, and that's why I want to see these Vegas games. But I think he showed that. Maybe even though you said, oh, having Porter there pushes him down in the rotation, you don't need him. Um, but if they can simplify things, and this is another learning from the Wiseman experience, simplify a few things. Can he play 10 minutes a night and not hurt you um, and and go out there and show this physicality, be all over the place, like um, go run a break and throw it down? I mean that that can add a real like athletic element and and somebody who wants to get to the rim who they don't really have so i'm i'm interested to see you know by year's end can they can they focus him on just a a few things to do um and go out there and just do those really well and then and then from there keep adding these these little kind of nuances to your game so i mean that that sounds like it's very promising (laughs) That sounds like a really logical way of bringing up a a guy that age. And I think as opposed to last season with Wiseman, they have a little bit more luxury to do that, right? They didn't they didn't have as much talent last year. They really didn't. And so you saw you saw Wiseman is like, oh, well, this guy can help us, even though he doesn't know what he's doing. Like he's like, who else do we have? Right? Yeah, yeah. And there was like this feeling of like, now we're going to compete for a title. And so it was like, uh, we don't, we can't afford to bring this kid along slowly. He's the biggest, fastest dude on the team. Let's put him out there. And you know, we all know how that went. Uh, some pluses, a lot of minuses. Uh, but I think Kaminga is going to be so much fun. Like. 
having somebody who can go to the basket, who's who can punish people who try to stop him from going to the mm-hmm. basket. This Warriors run has not been defined by slashers, right? Yeah. I mean, KD obviously can get any shot he wants. He can get to the basket whenever he wants. He can rise up over anyone. But, like, in general, the Warriors haven't had that too much. So, like, again, eventually when he matures, he'll be able to just go get a bucket. And yeah. I look forward to, to to seeing those moments. What about uh, Moses Booty? He just seemed like everything is advertised. I mean, you looked at his, like, you watch the game, and it's kind of like, oh, he does a few things here and there. And then you look at the stats, and he filled it up. Uh, it didn't shoot great, but, like, the shot looked good. Uh, and then it was really, I, I what I liked was seeing him, how he how often he was in the right place at the right time. Just, like, pick up a loose ball and, and lay it in. Or there was one where he kind of got a loose ball and he got a dunk. You know, like those are, those are just like heady plays, super, you know, super long arms. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was able to defend people totally like everything is advertised. Again, uh, this is, you know, one game reaction. And I want to see Summer League in Vegas because uh, I want to see what more he can do or. And then also, if this is what it is, uh, that can also work, too. He is the perfect fit i think as a rookie for what they need next season i mean somebody could say like oh davion mitchell would have been the perfect fit whatever um but in terms of like a dude who can play off ball can play defense can uh plays intelligently and can hit threes like i mean he looks like an NBA player already out there, you know, obviously it's summer league and all this jazz, but as we mentioned earlier, he seems pretty cerebral, like a student mm-hmm. of the game type. And yeah, I just think he'll be a, another great option to throw in there. It's like, all right, we need a shooter. We need a couple shooters out here, put Moody and pool in the game, you know, um, give Steph a rest or give clay a rest and just put some shooters out there throw a lineup with <laughs> I do hope to see lineups with like Wiseman Kaminga and Moody all out yeah. there and Jordan Poole. Yeah. I mean, those I, I'll be honest last season, my favorite minutes were watching Wiseman and hopefully it's not because I was taking Steph for granted, but like because of the love of the unknown and like this mm-hmm. unicorn and you want to see what this shiny new object can do. And now we have a few shiny new objects and just as like potential, 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 like that's what yeah. sports is about, the hope and the potential of your team and wanting to see what they can do out there. And uh, that's hundred percent like what I'm going to, you know, be one of the main things that I'm going to be looking forward to next year. I mean, Moody looks like, he looks like those dudes. Like you said, he, he looks like those dudes already, those three and yeah. D guys, right? He plays those parts. And um, uh, you could see that as also as advertised, he's not that quick in terms of first step, but yeah. you know, hopefully he can work on that a little bit. You know what I mean? Maybe he could be a pick and roll guy. I wonder if this is a good chance to, I, I think we wanted to talk about the roster construction a little bit mm-hmm. because um, you know, just, 
thinking right now, talking about Moody, it makes me a little worried. Uh, we have a little bit of roster crunch, maybe, in terms of is like who's better right now, <laughs> Moses Moody or Damian Lee? All caps, Damian Ooh. Lee. Is this gonna be the end of Damian Lee? I I hope not. You know how I feel about him. Yeah, uh, I think he's the perfect guy to kind of be there to help slow play Clay. Um, knows the system, solid veteran guy. Uh, yet at the same time, you know, when we're saying Moses Moody can shoot a little bit, but good defender, not gonna hurt you. Um, uh, can't get by anybody. I was like, oh, that sounds a lot like uh, Damian Lee. <laughs> uh, obviously, I think Damian Lee is better as an NBA player from the outset. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like their roster, it's it's going to be tough to fit some of those fringier guys. Mm-hmm. I think D. Lee would be a great 15th man. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, cause he's, he seems like a, a great bench guy, obviously like uh, pulls for everybody and has at least some veteran savvy and is just another veteran old head on the bench who could like talk the young guys through stuff when they're, you know, on the bench and whatever, whispering in their ears. Like, did you see this? Did you see that? You know? So I don't know, man. I don't know. I I'm, I'm worried for you. Yeah, I'm. A, I think his place is secure. Like they, they, they. I don't think they'll throw Moody right into that role. And again, like Damian Lee is that clay insurance, at least in the early part of the season. But yeah, that was just something that hit me a little bit. Now, um, I'm curious. Uh, you have been long been a proponent uh, of your stake in Mannion Island. Uh, now I. One of the things that at the end of free agency, it's like, oh, you know, it would have been nice to have another ball handler slash like point of attack defender. Uh, Another person who played in that summer league game, and we saw him towards the end of last season too, is uh, Gary Payton II, GP2. I I think I am on GP2 Island. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of space on that. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I think we're. Uh, I think there's some um, some immigration to <laughs> GP2 Island. Yeah, I mean, I I get it, right? Like, I would say during pre-draft, I'm like, oh man, if they if they want Davian Mitchell, if they want somebody who can play defense, just just keep Gary Payton the second. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's really what they're looking for, and. I mean, I've I've been riding with Nico Mannion since draft day. I was like, I bet you they draft Nico Mannion. I think I actually predicted in the first round when I was talking to some people because, like, he just seemed like their kind of guy, and of course, an yeah. Arizona guy. And I I like Mannion's game, you know. Yeah. And uh, I just think that he was young, he was raw, and are you kidding me? He shouldn't have been playing any NBA minutes, and that mattered last year. So, I still think he could be a solid, solid. NBA backup point guard. And I would like to see what kind of chemistry he could develop with the other young dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would totally get if they went with Gary Payton second, you know, yeah. like uh, I would be, I would be bummed because, you know, I, I think Mannion 
you know, he's, he's got the, uh, the Olympic experience now and that, yeah. even though it's not team USA, you get a little bit of little sprinkling, you know, uh, of, of, well, uh, he got to Olympic play an important on role there. on a, uh, in a really competitive environment. And so, and he played like, really well until that yeah, one for 10 a, game. And the, well, hey, you know, we all have, uh, we all have our bad days. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's a great development data point to see how he's, how he did in the summer. You know, and I don't know that he's going to play any summer league, but I feel like this might be an interesting uh, point. I mean, I think uh, they have to make a decision on Gary Payton uh, and his contract by in another week or something. And I, I think chances are they'll they'll go with Nico in terms of they've they've invested a little bit more there. They can mm-hmm. still put him on a two way so they can send him to the G League and further develop him, put them within their system. Uh, GP two cannot be put on a two way. He's too old. Um, I, I do like his defense. It's his defense is incredible. The athleticism, um, just go out there. Yeah. And just, and, and, and he's a lot bigger than, than he may look at first, you know, and he's, he's rangy. Uh, he could go out, you know, if you're up against, you're playing the blazers and, and Lillard's still on the team. Uh, he can go chase him around for a little bit, right, and bother him for for ten minutes or something, tire him out. Uh, so I I like that point of attack guard because you know Clay's not going to be chasing guards around as much anymore, and there's no there's no real uh, you know ace defender, you know. But then again, I was thinking about it. You think about like the Nets and their kind of uh defensive philosophy in this last year it's like eh, you know like eh, defense i mean we're not built like them so we don't we definitely don't have the uh the offense like them so i i, I still think we're gonna hang our hat on on defense but uh but i don't just in terms of the the development investment i i think they're gonna go nico but it'll be interesting to see what happens that's a good point about the the investment I think that who knows Gary Payton second might be there later on in the middle of the season it's if true. they want to bring him bring him back because his and- shot is busted. Like I was, I saw, a cl- <laughs> I saw a clip. It was like before summer league. It's like Kaminga, Moody, and GP two out here shooting, practicing threes, and it's like Kaminga, Moody, GP two, clang, <laughs> and then uh, the round two, Kaminga, Moody. GP two <laughs> he did hit one in that game. But, yeah, uh, I think I heard that Nico Mannion is actually not at all going to play in Vegas Summer League, which is a bummer to me because I really wanted to see him play with the two rookies, and I wanted to see I wanted to co- see how he compared to GP two, you know, mm-hmm. and um, but that's neither here nor there. I I do hope that it is Nico Mannion because I'm like, I've spent so much money on Nico Mannion Island that <laughs> I would just be so underwater uh, if, yep. if they bailed out on, on him. Well, we shall see what happens with that. There's a whole week of summer league coming up, but that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast hit me up on twitter at patrick epino epino or at oakland warriors you can hit up aram on twitter at aram collier a 
R-A-M-C-O-L-L-I-E-R. You can tell him how much you love his takes. <laughs> Check us out at openwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. And if you're so inclined, leave us a five-star rating and say dope stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts. The Open Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is part of the Basketball Podcast Network. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs. Go Dubs.